It's Valentine's Day. It's hockey season. It's across the blue line. I'm Danny DeBuck, your host, alongside my friend Derek Harper. And it's Valentine's Day, Derek, and there's nothing quite like hockey season. That is for sure, Danny. We're just getting started. The middle of the season about, it's going to be a doozy for the rest of the year. There's no such thing quite like love and hockey. Am I right? That's for sure. Hockey is the best sport in the world. Nothing you can love more than that. Let's go right into it. First, let's we'll begin with the NHL. And obviously, there is one team that is starting to emerge, and it's quite a surprise. It's the Calgary Flames who are not in first place in the Pacific Division. But, however, it's the San Jose Sharks, and they have really shown up as of late. They have won, as at the time of this recording, they've won six games in a row, and these wins have come against teams that are no joke. They destroyed teams that they should have beaten in the Oilers and the Canucks on the road, but the big surprise came with wins against Calgary and Winnipeg on the road, and not to mention they also have victories in Washington over the course of the season. They've beaten the Penguins handily, and they've they've beaten teams that you wouldn't that you'd be surprised that they destroyed so handily, including the Tampa Bay Lightning, who currently lead the NHL in first place in the league standings. So, Derek, keeping that with the full perspective in mind, how is this Sharks team so good, even with losing Eric Carlson for the last ten games? Sometimes an injury can motivate other players. We saw this with uh, I believe it was the Portland Trailblazers in the NBA. The guy goes down. And players step up. They fill that gap. Or no, it was the Seattle Mar- 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 Mariners. Ex- excuse me there. But Cano went down. And the other players will step up. And they get this new energy. And they just start winning games. It's really, it's kind of weird how sports can be at times. But I think this is kind of an energy booster for them, Danny. With 10 games without Eric Carlson after his muscle injury, it was the Sharks that would that went seven two and one. But at the time when they acquired, when when they acquired the the start of a new December, the Sharks just went on fire. Since December second, the Sharks are 22 six and two, and they lead the NHL the NHL by far in. In that aspect, and then also in goals per game, they average 4.27. Derek Harper, this team can also score, but they also have great goaltenders. This team is a complete team, and in in my eyes, they seem to have to have the potential to go on a cup run because of all their assets. That's for sure, Danny. When they got Eric Carlson, they really got their team together. And yeah, he's down now, but <clears throat> you can't expect he'll be down for long. Maybe a few more games, we'll see how long he's out. But these guys, <clears throat> they have a well-built team. They have skaters. They've made trades in the past. I mean, they just, they've been building for this moment. They were in the Cup a few years ago, and they lost. This team, they haven't really backed down since, and they have that fire in their eyes. Those jaws, those shark jaws are munching, and they're ready to come for this punch. Watch out for this Sharks team for the rest of the stretch run. As far as the season is as a whole, do you think that the Sharks can carry this momentum? But also you have to keep in mind there are also teams in the Western Conference that can also pose a threat, not only not only in the Central Division with with Winnipeg and Nashville being being right behind the Sharks. You also have a Calgary team that has led the Pacific Division for the majority of the season and they can also pose a threat. Can can the Sharks fend off Calgary? 
I do think they can fend them off. It'll be harder if they get in the playoff series and Calgary has home ice. That'll always be harder because they'll be playing less games in their own building. However, these two teams can go head-to-head. And this Shars team, they're energized. No, not to not the Flames at all. The Flames are a legit team. They're well-built. Either could go on a cup run. But this Shars team, there's something about them that they, they have the fire in their eyes since they got knocked out of the cup finals a few years back. This team is destined to make a run. They're going to be someone you're not going to want to mess with if, and you're not going to want to face if you're some other team in the in the uh, West, Danny. But then again, you have Calgary, and they're a team that, that has that, that unique factor. They seem to be a versatile team that can score at will, and you know, that, you know for a fact, Derek, that they can score plenty. They have 205 goals on the season, the Calgary Flames. They know how to score, but they also can keep the puck out of the net because they've given up less goals than San Jose has. That is a key to winning games, giving up less goals. I mean, that's obvious. So Calgary's more of a threat. Calgary may be a more threat in that way, but you don't always need to have as good goaltending. It's weird in that way. It's also vice versa. You don't need to have as much good scoring if you have good goaltending. It's whatever team really puts the puck in net more. And as long as you have semi-decent defense... You, you can still win games. When it comes down to it, it's the head-to-head matchups. It's how well they know each each other going in, into the games. It's whatever may happen. If there's injuries in the future, if uh, there's some reason, something weird internally in the, the team, with either team, it's just going to come down to the when they face each other and what's going on in the each uh, team. But keep in mind, when, they, when the Sharks were on their hot streak and they met Calgary, on New Year's Eve, Calgary won eight to five. They have the scoring, and they can they can score plenty on Martin Jones. Where was that game, Danny? That was in Calgary. That was in Calgary, there, Danny. Yeah, the home ice can make a huge difference. I sound crazy a little, but home ice makes a huge difference, and it just comes down to that. It comes down to the firepower. Some nights the team is off their game. I mean, maybe the Sharks off their game that night, but it's also look at this: thirteen combined goals. The, sh- the Flames let five goals by. Can a team be a legit threat if they let around five goals in against a good team here or there? So you're tell so you're telling me San Jose isn't a good team? Is that what I'm you're no, saying? No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying the Flames because let five goals by two against a a team that that you that you say in right in in their right is good. Yeah, they're both good teams, and so, maybe they're both so having off nights. So you can't fault Mike Smith for letting in five goals. You can't fault either goalie. They're both good teams. I'm saying that might have been a fluke game for both of them. A- Luke? Not a fluke, I think it's just both both teams playing at their strength, and, and it's the Flames. You don't normally see 13 goals a game. Well, this is this is a matchup between two high-octane offenses. You forgot about that aspect. True, but you also need defense played in games, and still, night in and night out, even with two high-octane offenses, you're not going to see 13 goals a game. Well, San Jose and Calgary both are in the top three in scoring. That but, may be true. So that's why there's there would be naturally more goal scoring in in, in a game like that. I mean, do you understand totally, what I'm trying to yeah, say here? Yeah, 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 totally. That's, I, I do that's agree. Why, that. That's why that both those teams were playing at their strength, and Calgary was the better team. Both teams put their strengths, and that night Calgary was a better team, but that was also in the sea of red. So you also have to look at home ice. You have to look at both teams are high octane offenses. Both teams are obviously going to put in more goals than if it's say like last night's game between the Blackhawks and Bruins. So you just have to look at. The matchups really. You mean it comes two down. nights ago. Wasn't the Blackhawks and Bruins last night in Boston? Day? No, it was two nights ago. Huh, my bad then. But yeah, I mean, yeah, you still you get to the point there. Both teams are going to be high octane offenses. 
it's there's gonna be more goals scored, but just is that many? I mean, it just it really comes down to the matchups there each night, and things could change until then. And the playoffs are a whole different monster. Something could happen between then and now, or even during the playoffs, it just shifts the energy all to one side. To me, it's clear cut and simple. As much as the Sharks have emerged as of late, in my eyes, Calgary is still the team to beat. Let's move on from a team to beat to a team that is struggling mightily, particularly in the power play. A team that is 1-for-19 in the power play as of late, and that's in the Pittsburgh Penguins. And they have been struggling as of late, particularly in the power play unit. They are 1-for-19 in their last eight games, and during that stretch, or, or yeah, they, they were really bad on on the man advantage and it's showing in their record the penguins in some of their most recent games have lost by by embarrassing totals they lost to carolina by a, at home by a score of 4 to nothing they lost to the panthers they've lost to tampa bay toronto they've lost to as well one of the worst teams in the eastern conference they lost to the devils and it wasn't even it wasn't even a contest and they've they've lost to some teams that they shouldn't have lost to. So that brings up the question, what is wrong with the Pittsburgh Penguins, Derek Harper? It's crazy. The Penguins have been that team year in, year out that have done well. It's just you can't really you don't really know what's going on there. That is a team that you have as Jeannie Malkin, Sidney Crosby, I mean Chris Letang. I I could go on and on. You've had Marc Andre Fleury in the past. He was with Vegas last year, but until last year you had him with the Penguins. The multiple cup runs. I don't want to say it's a fluke, but maybe maybe they're going downhill. Maybe they're just going through a rough patch. I mean, with this team right now, they aren't doing super stellar, but they're still one of the top teams in the league and a top team to keep your eye on. I think they can turn this around. Keep in mind that when the Penguins had Mike Mike Johnston as the head coach for for Pittsburgh, a Portland Winterhawks product, mind you. Pittsburgh just stunk up the bed, and then pretty soon, once Mike Sullivan came in in, in replacement for for Mike Johnston, the Penguins won two straight Stanley Cups. They've been through this before. It all boils down to coaching and experience, and that's what Pittsburgh has because of all the Stanley Cup playoff appearances that they've they've gone through. Who can remember the last time that Pittsburgh missed out in the playoffs? It was before the Sidney Crosby era, obviously, and or somewhere near the the roots of that 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 origin that originality of the Crosby era. And knowing that, and knowing how Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin have been there before, they can pick themselves up. But at the same time, they have got to to fix their power play because that is a definite issue. Yeah, the power play there. The power play is always an issue when it comes to teams who can't <clears throat> score. You, We've watched games the past few weeks, past few days at least, and you see teams who can't score in the power play, and they end up losing. That's the key. And then there's a rare team here or there that they don't even need to score in the power play, yet they'll win. So the power play is crucial for those that have a hard time scoring on a normal basis. And I think the Penguins do need to. Well, I don't think. I know they need to fix the power play. But when it comes down to it, I think they might just be in a slump right now. The power play is a big part, and if they fix that, they can easily turn, turn this around. Right now, Pittsburgh, in the entire season schedule standings, they stand at sixth place in power play percentage, 
which shows that they can do the job, but right now they're going through a slump. Can this carry out throughout the season and potentially could we see Pittsburgh out of the playoffs, Derek? Danny, can I ask you to say that again? Did you just say Pittsburgh out of the playoffs? Yes, yes. Could you see could you see <laughs> in your eyes this power play issue carrying throughout the entire season and putting Pittsburgh out of the playoffs because of their power play ineptitude? No, it's Pittsburgh. And I don't want to say it's Pittsburgh, but power plays, when it comes down to it, if you can still score goals on the on even a rare shorthanded, or, but if you can score goals and you're on even strength, that's all that really matters. I mean, also we got to play you defense. You did say obviously. that power play was, was crucial. It, it's crucial in a way, but it's not super crucial if you can score even strength goals. I mean, this Penguins team, they have the playoff experience. Like I said, Eugenie Malkin, Chris Letang, Sidney Crosby, Matt Murray's in that, and they're okay, back up. Okay, but they, they can't score power play goals right now. <clears throat> so if they can step up and fill those in with a shorthanded here but or there. they have not been as of late. If, right, I know that they haven't scored that, but they can. They need to do is score more even strength goals. They do need to fix the power play. But when it comes down to it, I don't think power play goals are a necessity for them. They, I'm sure they'll can start. I'm sure they're working on it. But this team, I don't think they'll miss the playoffs. Only time will tell, but this Pittsburgh Penguins team, they haven't been playing well as of late. Let's hope for all the Pittsburgh fans out there that they're able to pick up the pieces and move on. Early, in an earlier episode of Across the Blue Line, we went into detail about the struggles of the Anaheim Ducks. And, well, the struggles have continued. At one point, the Ducks found themselves in third place in the Pacific Division. But now they are in last place in the Western Conference. And what do the what does the Anaheim Ducks team do as a result of this? They celebrate by going to Disneyland. Why on earth would you decide to do that while your team is starting to blow up and your season is starting to turn into a collapse? I uh, I really only got one explanation for this, Danny. I just don't really know what to think of this. I think it's just they're feeling so sorry for themselves and don't know what to do. And they're thinking maybe a trip to what some people, I, I don't think it is, but some people might call the happiest place on earth and somehow rejuvenate them because it's down the street. But they've got to work on their, I don't know if, I mean, they fired the coach already this season, but I don't know what they got to do. I mean, you saw yesterday, they now are having no morning sessions. Players can skate if they want, but it's not needed. They aren't making them do it anymore this season. I think it's just kind of a lost season cause, and they're just going to, play out the rest of the season, and then the next season, try to figure out during the offseason what's going on, going into next season with the full head of steam. So you believe that the Ducks are tanking and going Not to Disneyland? Not necessarily tanking, and go, no. And, go, and going to Disneyland is a sign of that? Is that what you're trying to say here? I was part of what I'm trying to say. I don't want to say they're tanking, but I think they're trying to blow off steam and maybe think that just maybe they'll somehow get some energy by going to Disneyland. I mean, it really, the whole Disneyland makes no sense, and I don't even have a clear explanation, but... I don't think they're tanking, but I think they're trying to find some stress relief or something to boost their morale. Maybe it's a team building. I don't know. It's this is hard to explain. Since the start of the new year, Anaheim mm. has only won two games, and both of those coincidentally came consecutively. One of the wins came against the struggling Minnesota Wild, who are starting to lose their lead in a wild card position. 
And the other win came against the New Jersey Devils team that is second to dead last in the Eastern Conference. And they find themselves also second to dead last in the National Hockey League, which shows that the Ducks have won two games against inferior opponents and whoever else that they have faced has proven to be too much for this Anaheim team. But keep in mind, with the lead that they garnered before their their colossal collapse thus far, Anaheim still stands only eight points behind, coincidentally, the Minnesota Wild for the final wildcard position. Can you see this Anaheim Ducks team potentially finding its way into a wildcard playoff spot? That's hard for me to see, Danny. This Ducks team is struggling mightily, and they're now resorting to going down the street to Disneyland, of all places, instead of focusing on their game. And yeah, players need a, some sort of to blow off some steam and stress, but I don't think they're going to find their way into the playoffs this season. I think it's almost a lost cause. I mean, nobody's out of it, but I think a lot would have to happen for them to even sneak in. Maybe they this Disneyland thing, or maybe they've something happens and... They get a boost of energy and they slip in, but I don't see it happening. Do you remember who the Ducks have for weapons? They have great hockey players with Ryan Getzlaff and Corey Perry, who have won a Stanley Cup with the Ducks in the past. Ryan Kessler, you know what type of a physical leader he brings to the table. And then you have Ricard Raquel, who lately has been been contributing quite Quite a lot as far as the scoring output is concerned for this Anaheim team. You might want to watch out for this Ducks team. I know they've been struggling, but could you see the with all the weapons they have? Don't forget, Jakob Silver, Silverberg has done very well for this Anaheim team, and he's a great fit. They have the talent. Don't you agree, Derek? I do agree they have the talent, and they're a team in the past few years. They'll go like the second or third round, and then they'll fall out. And I read, uh, I want to but, say a few weeks ago. But we're ago. talking about making it in the playoffs. We're not talking about how deep they go in the yeah. postseason. And they have the talent, but they're just a team that they'll have these lofty goals and or they'll have these goals and they'll fall short. And I did read uh, recently, maybe a few weeks ago or maybe at most a month ago, Ryan Kessler, um, he's, he said he wanted to go to a cup team. Part of, that was part of the reason he left the Canucks. I won't say with the others. It's just not needed. And he wants to mentor the youth. That shows leadership. It shows his leadership, not only talent-wise, but just off the ice, too. And it's just, they have all this talent. I think if they get it together, they can do something, but I wouldn't look for them to make the playoffs. I think they might regroup next season, but they have the talent, but I just think it's sort of a lost cause at this point for them. But if you have Ryan Kessler as a as a leader, and you know what success he has brought to the table for, for the Canucks in years past, couldn't you see this happening with Anaheim? Couldn't you foresee this? I even even amidst only having two wins, practically a month and a half into the new the new calendar year. Maybe, but you have to look at this. When they had their massive skid, we did justify they were playing a bunch of good teams. But now we have to go back around to that point and say, hey, their big skid, they were playing good teams. Only good teams make the playoffs. So if they sneak in playing, eh, not very good teams or semi, okay teams. They're going to struggle when it comes to actual playoff competition. Probably. And in their last... in it ha, you, you would have to go all the way back to January the 13th for the last game that the Ducks lost or even scored, scored with... It, or you could say that the Ducks lost by less than 
by by only a goal rather and that shows that the ducks when they lose they lose big and it's shown especially in this streak but then again this this ducks team does have the talent to to make it make its way towards the postseason and it'll be up to the veterans who are able to grab a hold of this ducks team and potentially lead them down the stretch moving on from struggling from the struggling ducks let's move to some players that have risen to the occasion and there leads to a big question as the the year the calendar year turned to 2019 there are two rookie goaltenders who are starting to sh- to come up big for their teams and they could be a dark horse contender for the Calder tro- the Cal- the Calder Memorial Trophy couldn't you see <laughs> Well, let's first look into the players themselves. For St. Louis, Jordan Bennington has come up huge for for this team, the St. Louis Blues. His record is 10-1-1, and he has a save percentage of 92%. This goaltender has been something special for this St. Louis team. I have to totally agree, Danny. And this guy, watching him in the past few games... This Blues team is struggling this season, and they kind of find themselves in the cellar. And watching these guys in the past few games I've seen, this guy has been a stud in that. I mean, I think their other goalie went down with an injury or something. He's filled in, and he has shown his worth. This guy is a force to be messed with, and he is the. I could possibly see the Blues sneaking into a wild card spot and getting into the playoffs. However. I think the other team that might have more, a little bit better chances at possibly a longer run is the other guy we want to talk about. That's right, Derek. And a look in the Eastern Conference, away from the St. Louis Blues, you have the Philadelphia Flyers, and we know how bad the Flyers were at the early portion of the season. They were trading in goaltender for goaltender, and it continued for quite a while as the Flyers were in the cellar. But then they they added a a, ma- a man that's well known here in the Pacific Northwest in Carter Hart. While the Flyers sat 16 points out of a playoff spot, in came Carter Hart, and he has come up big. We we detailed about his emergence last week, and and that success has just continued on for the Philadelphia Flyers, and it's shown in how the Flyers are in are now just a mere six points back at the final wild card position. And that's, coincidentally enough, the Pittsburgh Penguins who hold that last spot currently. And it shows why Carter Hart has been so efficient. But Jordan Bennington, I am surprised with how he's been able to pick up this St. Louis Blues team, not only with the emergence of Vladimir Tarasenko and what he's done for this Blues team and all the all the players on St. Louis, you have the leadership of Alex Steen, who's able to contribute for this Blues team, and you need a, a veteran presence like him to to help corral the troops. And then you have Ryan O'Reilly, who is a great addition for this St. Louis Blues team, and he's been a huge contributor in the scoring output. He leads the team in scoring with 57 points at the time of this recording. And it, and it goes to show this St. Louis Blues team is a legit contender to look out for. And right now, the Blues are comfortably in the number one wild card position in the Western Conference. And 
it's such a surprise that this Blues team is so good. It is a surprise, but I have to go with the Flyers and Carter Hart here when you're talking uh, potential threats here. This Blues team, they're very good, and they've done well. Jordan Bennington, but this Carter Hart kid, I mean, we all know him in, in this region. Played for the Silver Tips and made a cup run. I mean, it's just incredible what this kid did at such a young age, and that has energized this Flyers team so much. They are on fire. They are scoring goals. They're not winning every game, but they have done so well since he's came in, and they have the fire lit under them, and they are going to go places. I have to say I'm I'm a little more confident in them than I am the Blues. They're both great teams. The Blues are in the first dog card spot right now, but these Flyers are not to be messed with. But hang on. Which is more impressive, what Carter Hart has done, knowing what we've seen with him specifically in the Pacific Northwest, or was it Jordan Bennington and, and him taking a Blues team that was essentially coming in and he pretty much came out of nowhere and he's given the Blues a great multitude of wins and now they're in a wild card position. I think to me, Jordan Bennington is more impressive just because of how dead the Blues looked in the early portion, portion of the season. I can totally understand your point, Danny, and I agree that on the point that he's done well and they've lit a fire under themselves that way and climbed up into the wild card spot. I mean, all the props to them, and I respect that point. However, when you have Carter Hart, we did. You, I do see what you're saying. We've seen him all here, and it's not really a shock he's doing this well. But this kid, he's played some AHL games, but he's only 20 in the NHL, and he's like acting like he's a veteran. I mean, this kid is unheard of in the NHL. Something, someone this young doesn't come in and just do this. But, ben, but Jordan Bennington's doing the exact same thing. You can't discredit that as well. You can't discredit it, but just look at, I mean, Carter Hart, he literally won like his first seven games. I think he went like 7-0. and No, mean, no, that's not right. That's not right at all. In Carter Hart's first few appearances, he was not even good because... Was that this season? In his, he, he began his career with two wins, and then... He follows that up by losing six games in a row. That's not what you're looking for in an impressive goaltender. Sure, he's shown up recently, but you can't tell me that, that a goaltender who lost six games in a row is impressive compared to Jordan Bennington, who's only lost two games in total in his entire NHL tenure in his rookie, rookie season. I do agree with you there, and I did not know that he lost six in a row. However... I do agree, Bennington barely edges him out there. But you also have to look at the point. Carter Hart in those losses, he must have something must have gone wrong. I don't know who they played in those. But this the fact that he's turned himself around and it may not make him more impressive because Bennington I didn't I didn't know Hart lost six in a row, but Bennington he's done well. But Hart's very, very close behind. I, those six losses lit a fire in him. So he turned his game around and this Flyers team is on is really on the rise. No, no. As as much as Carter Hart has been impressive, I just do not. S- I I I think Jordan Bennington is is the better is the better story because of what he's done. He came out of nowhere. We know what Carter Hart did. He was ranked as the best goaltender in the CHL, and we shouldn't be surprised that he's done so well. But Jordan Bennington, who would have seen that coming? I think. Only people that are Blues fans might see that coming. I mean, here's a name you don't know. And so you're right, nobody really saw it coming. But I don't think many people really saw Hearts coming, too, especially when he lost six in a row. No, well, we saw what he did in, in, in the CHL. And 
That's why I, I could foresee him having some success, and that's what he's done. But still, he's lost six games in a row, and that's not what you're looking for if you're, if you're a, a team that, that's wanting to win. That's why Jordan Bennington is more impressive because he has lost less games, and he's, he's won essentially every one of his starts. Indeed he has. And this will be a fun race down the stretch here, Danny. That will be a question that will continue, and perhaps it could be decided by who ends up winning the Calder Memorial Trophy if it's not Elias Pedersen for the Vancouver Canucks, who has taken the league by storm, and he's impressive. But now let's switch gears and head over to the Western Hockey League, more to a local level. And in the in the WHL, there is there is some clear-cut leaders in each division. Everett is looking nice and sharp with 78 points leading their division. In the BC division, still on, still staying on the west side, Vancouver is leading their division. They've already clinched the playoff spot along with Everett. And in the eastern division, Prince Albert, they have 92 points on the season, which is absolutely stunning. And they are comfortably in, in control of the eastern division. But in the central, there is so much parity, Derek. Yes, this Central Division is very fun to watch. They're a very appealing division. It's always been one of the more competitive divisions to watch. It's always been, they've always had those good teams. They've always put together good teams, and it's just going to be a fun one to watch. You have the Edmonton Oil Kings, who I remember I have memories of being a Hawks fan, playing them four straight years or three straight years in the finals. It just yeah, shows you the talent in that region, the recruitment. It just goes so well. You have Kootenai the Ice who are moving next season. Those guys, they they had a title run. You have Calgary who's made trips to the third round. Red Deer, Lethbridge, Medicine Hat. I think they've all gotten to the second round in the past two years. I mean, it's just so many good teams in that division. There's just a couple divisions in this league where you just have some great teams, and this is one of them. The quality never really goes down. There's some bad teams here or there, but it's just, you can always count on year in, year out, having great quality teams, great competition coming out, out of that division. Right now, currently at the time of this recording, it's Edmonton who leads the division with 68 points. Not too far behind is Medicine Hat with 67 points. And three points behind them is the Lethbridge Hurricanes, who are sitting at 64 points. And tied for second to last in the Central Division, but both being in playoff spots, are Red Deer and Calgary sitting at 61 points. And keeping that in perspective, seven points separate Edmonton from Calgary and Red Deer being being in wildcard positions. And this goes to show how, how diverse this Central Division really is. The Central Division is very diverse. You do have teams where it's like they're not going to win many games here or there, some teams. Then you have teams like the Oil Kings, the... Hitman, who used to be good, they're in the sort of the stellar division now. Medicine at Lethbridge, even Red Deer at fourth. It's just the diversity in that division, with the exception of like Kootenai, who's like just stinking up the place. With the first five out of six teams in that division, it's all within seven points of each other, Danny. Well, who do you think is going to emerge out of this division as potentially winning the division as a whole and perhaps? making a a run in the postseason. To me, it's it's Edmonton, but I want to hear your point, Derek, first. I don't want to bring up history here 
And I do have faith in the Medicine Hat Tigers. They just beat the Hawks in a shootout the other night. And that shows they can go head to head with some of the best teams too. But the Oil Kings, when they're good, they don't stop. They don't back down. They don't let off the gas. I, I have to agree with you. I, I mean, I have faith in Medicine at Lethbridge. But I still see the Oil Kings coming out of this, just knowing them, how they how that team runs themselves. I They're going to come out of it. Why do you say that? Because last season, this this Edmonton team finished in dead last in the Eastern Conference. Why do you think it's going to be different this year? They've turned around. If someone turns around that drastically, didn't Prince Albert finish like dead last in their division last year, Danny? Last year, Prince Albert made the postseason. They made the postseason, so then it was two years back from that, it must have been. Listen, two years back, Prince Albert was stinking up the place, as bad as the ice are this season, and or if not worse. And now they've turned themselves around two seasons later, 92 points in the division. The Oil Kings, it's only one season later. Some teams turn, turn around faster than others, Danny. But still, why why not... Why don't you pick other teams who have that sustained success because they have veteran presence and you're picking Edmonton over them? To me, I think the reason is clear-cut and simple. It's because of their offense. But at the same time, you have to look out for the other the other teams within the Central Division. You have, you have a defensively-minded medicine hat team that relies on their goaltender, Mad Sugard, who has done very well. He leads the WHL in save percentage, and that goes to show that it could be the defense that ends up winning this division, Derek Harper. Defense wins championships, or does it? There are teams, the Edmonton Oil Kings, they have the firepower. Uh, if we get his name, his, I think it's a two, it has a hyphen in it. He, there are some, they have some firepower. And it's just, when you have firepower, that's what you need. Defense wins championships, but... They also, you need to get goals scored. You can't, if you're really, really good and you're playing a really, really good team, you're probably going to have a low-scoring game if you're both the defenses are really good. But if the offenses are really good and the defense isn't so, it's still going to be the offense. So you can't say defense necessarily, Danny. Well, we'll find out. Only time will tell who ends up winning this division. But in the long run, let's let's keep this for certain. It's going to be very fun to watch because it it's done just that so far during the course of this WHL season, and it will only continue down the stretch. It's going to be a fun one, Danny. It's going to be a fun one. This whole league is fun to watch. There's been some and there's stuff happening. I mean, even off the ice, it's just it's a fun league to follow, Danny. It's a fun league to go to games and just to follow and be a part of whether you run a fan page we talk about it it's a fun league to follow for sure definitely now let's go to the favorite part that everyone loves it's the pick segment and Derek you were red hot last week what happened I guess I just get lucky you get lucky or you just make good picks I have a little bit of knowledge of the game as we both do and my gut is is right quite a bit of the time, and so I just kind of trust that, and I do a little bit of research sometimes, look at the standings, and also go, okay, who has home ice? And it's like, who has home ice? Let's look at the standings. What's my gut saying? Do I, do I know any of these players on these teams? Have I seen these guys in person? I mean, it's just, 
I really kind of evaluate the matchups and and go, okay, who might have just the just barely the edge in this and go with them. Well, let's see if you can keep that up this week. We have more games to pick. Let's start with games that are going on tonight. First, it's the New York Islanders heading to Columbus to take on the Blue Jackets. And it's a Islanders team who currently sits in first place in the Metropolitan Division. But not too far behind is a Columbus team that has been looking, looking pretty sharp as of late. They've won their last four in a row. Derek, who comes out on top in this one? Seth Jones, Brennan Dubinsky, Cam Atkinson, and the Columbus well, does, Blue Jackets. Well, hang on a second. First of all, the Islanders have the best defense in the league. They allow the least number of goals with both of their goaltenders that have done very well, Thomas Grice and Robin Leonard. You can't, you can't overlook that, Derek. You can't overlook that, but it's in Columbus. And like I said, you go at the home ice. I, I know Seth Jones there. And not just one guy, but you have all you have like Oliver Bjorkstrand. You have, I mean, that's also in our hawk. But you have look at you have Cam Atkinson. He's been a foundational player in the NHL. Cam Atkinson has been. I mean, you have others on that team. It's just a team that on home ice they can be a monster. On the road they can be a monster. And the Islanders are very good. But don't get me wrong, this Columbus team is taking. They this have game. one of the best road records in the league. Yeah, and this Columbus team is going to be fun. Columbus is near 500 with their home record. That's why the Islanders are going to win this game. I don't know about that, Danny. They have the goaltending to prove it, and they can also score on the offensive end of things when it's absolutely necessary, but they benefit off of how great their goaltending is, and that's why the Islanders are winning this game. We'll see. Only time will tell. We'll find out later on tonight as that game has just gotten underway. Now, another game that has just started. It's the Montreal Canadiens who are traveling to Nashville to take on the Nashville Predators. That matchup's going to be a doozy, Danny. Let's get right to it. I have the Predators taking that game. It's in Smashville. Don't get me wrong, the Canadiens are a monster. They, do, they are Brendan Gallagher, Carey Price, and Nett. But this Predators team is also a force. You have Ryan Johansson, Roman Yossi. Uh, I mean, you have Peter Forsberg. There's so many notable names I could go on and on. You have Pecorine. I mean, Danny, it's this, this smash all the fans get into it. I have seen games. I've watched games on TV. I've watched games on the computer. I've watched. I mean, those fans, they went in a cup run a few years ago. That team has not changed much. There's been a few moves here and there. But it's just, this team is a force to be reckoned with. It's in Smashville. Teams have a hard time in Smashville. Wait, hold on a second here, Derek. You didn't look at this stat. Nashville has the worst power play in the league. You see that? They have the worst power play in the league. And this Montreal team in their last 10 games, they are 7-1-2. and two. Montreal is the hotter team. And they have the goaltender in Carey Price, who has won the Hart Memorial Trophy. He knows what it is, what it's like to win games. That's why I have to go with the Canadiens here. They have a great goaltender, and they are a young team. And also, their power play is not as bad as Nashville. That is true. You have to go with the power plays there too. However, power plays, like I said earlier, they aren't crucial. They're crucial, but not in a way where they're necessary, necessary to, when it comes down to it. If you can score enough goals and 
even strength and maybe toss in a shorty here or there. That's not really even needed as much as power plays. But this Predators team, they play as a team. There's no one selfish player. And it's in Smashville. Smashville is such a hard place to play. How about that, Danny? We'll only have to let time decide as that game is as that game has just gotten underway there in Nashville. Let's move on with some more games later on tonight. We have a good one bet- between Toronto and Vegas. The Maple Leafs at the Golden Knights, and it's a great matchup between these two teams. But it's Toronto. They have they have a great combina- combination of youth and experience, while at the same time their away record is is near tops in the National Hockey League, right up there with Tampa Bay. With Toronto going into Vegas, I'm picking Toronto in this game. That's great, Danny. And we'll have to look at that here. Toronto, they're a great team and all. But, and I want to say they are, and I want to say they'll take it. They have Austin Matthews and all that. But I got to go I gotta go outside first. Like, I have my armor out there. And I think I got to get back to the fortress for this one. The Golden Knights are just a, it's a different atmosphere in there. And they're a team. They stuttered out the gate a little this season, but I mean, this is the Golden Knights. They coming off a Cup Finals loss last year. I mean, that doesn't matter though. I know it's what matters is, is this is year. What has yes. what, what happens this year? And guess what? In their last ten games, they are three and seven. Derek, you're picking a team that has gone three and seven in their last ten against a team. That ha- that has a winning record in the last ten-, 10 games for one point, and they are one of the best road teams in the National Hockey League, and you're going to pick a team that's gone 3-7 and seven in their last 10 over this, Toronto, uh, over this Toronto team? Yep, I am, Danny. I'm sticking with that pick. And I don't know about that. Moving on, and we have another game that has just taken, uh, started tonight. It's the San Jose Sharks who are traveling to Washington to take on the Capitals. A great matchup. San Jose has been red hot as of late. They're going to keep that going, and San Jose is going to beat Washington tonight. I want to go to the Capitals, and they're great and all on home ice, and they're really a force on home ice. But listen, Danny, didn't we just say how good the Sharks were and how Eric Carlson went down and they've really gotten energized and they're doing well? They're a monster. I, I mean, it's the Sharks. They're like the best team in the Western Conference. i got to go with them. We both picked San Jose in that affair. Now now let's move to Saturday where we have great matchups in store for uh, this slate of hockey here. First, a great matchup between the Calgary Flames and the Pittsburgh Penguins, a Penguins team that has been struggling as of late against a Calgary team that is one point behind the San Jose Sharks for first place in the in the Western Conference. Derek Harper, who comes out on top in this one? I think I know who you're picking here, Danny. So I'm going to say it, and <laughs> you're going to be like, yeah, but they've been struggling recently. But this is in the Berg. You have Evgeny Malkin. Ellensburg? <laughs> Good one, Danny. This is in Pittsburgh, the more known Berg. Evgeny Malkin, Sidney Crosby, Chris Letang, Matt Murray, and Nett. They've been struggling a little but mainly with their power play. And, yeah, it's not as hard as a place to win as some places, like Smashville, but it's still a pretty hard place to win. This team is, has the veteran leadership. They have the experience and, every, and everything. And it's just, 
I mean, I gotta go with the penguins here. You know, you won't believe this, but I am going to agree with you by this standpoint. In a prior Whoa. meeting between these two teams, Pittsburgh put up nine goals against Calgary. And with this Penguins team being at home and with the veteran presence they've been having, they're going to get it done. Pittsburgh is going to earn the win over the Calgary Flames. Now let's move on to another matchup on Saturday, Saturday night. Remember the Nashville Predators? You picked them once before, but they're also heading to a team that you also picked more recently in the Vegas Golden Knights. And we'll have to wait and see who comes out on top of this one. But before that takes place, we have to pick who comes out on top. So, Derek Harper, you have a Vegas team that's been struggling, but also you have a Nashville team that, in your right, has has deemed very good. So, who comes out on top? I have to go with Vegas here, Danny. I have to go with Vegas for many reasons. Well, a few particularly, but the fans are part of it there. It's a fans, show there. The fans aren't on the ice, though. They aren't on the ice, but this they that place, everybody feeds off it. The energy there is just unheard of. I mean... You have great players, Mark Andre Fleury and Nat. I mean, you have it's just unreal but there. Nashville has great defensemen too. Yeah, they do, but you, Vegas you plays about that. Team. It's not as if Vegas is playing a bunch of nobodies. This is the Nashville Predators, a team that made it to the Stanley Cup final not too long ago. True. Both of them did. And that's gonna be the fun one to watch, and I still have Vegas coming out. No, no. Nashville has Plenty of weapons on the defensive side. And this Nashville team is near the top 10 in penalty killing. And that will that will cope against a, a Vegas team that's also near the bottom in special teams. That's why I'm picking this this Nashville team to, to go into Vegas and beat them. And that's why Nashville is going to beat El, to the Vegas Golden Knights on Saturday night. Now let's move on to Sunday, and we have an interesting matchup between two teams that are especially going in different directions. A Blues team that has just uh, acquired themselves the number one wild card position, whereas with the Minnesota Wild, they have dropped down to the second place spot, and they may be starting to show some signs for wear. St. Louis has Jordan Bennington, in goal, and he has done a great job only l losing two of his starts. That's why St. Louis is winning this game. Great take there, Danny, and I can respect that pick with Jordan Bennington and how he's anchored this team and they've risen to the occasion. But I got to go with Matt Dumba and Victor Rask. What? Whoa, 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 over Jordan Bennington, who's only lost two games? No, that doesn't cut it. You're picking players that... That essentially we have the general public hasn't even heard of. And Jordan Bennington, he's had the headlines all this time. Jordan Bennington's the better option. That's why St. Louis is going to win this game. Minnesota. This is in Minnesota. And it's just this Minnesota Wild team, they're a team that they're not great this season, no. 13-11-4 at home. That's terrible. And the Blues are 14-9-3 on the road. St. Louis is winning this game. I'm sorry. They're favored and all. And, but Minnesota Wild is that team that season to season, they're consistent. At least they're decent to good, to even great. And what does not, that mean? St. Louis has been special as of late. They've won eight of their last ten. Yeah, but who knows if that magic continues. And Minnesota on home ice, they can, on home ice, 
they can have some fun. Well, the Blues have a great away record. You for, you forgot to take that into account. They may have a great away record, but who's to say that that lasts? Who's to say that Minnesota doesn't win at home? Well, they've been showing that trend that they've been able to perform well. And what's, what's Minnesota's home record? Minnesota's home record, it's it's a subpar 13-11-4. That's not winning hockey in the National Hockey League, and that's not going to help, uh, particularly in the playoffs when it matters the most, and, and especially in the regular season where you have to win your home games for the most part, and that and it doesn't help that you can, you can barely even win at home. That's why this Blues team is more equipped to not only win this game, but... For the long term, the Blues are a better team. True, but this Minnesota Wild team is on home ice, Danny. And home ice doesn't mean a ton. 13-11-4 at yeah, home? No, but no, no, no way. You can't There's say no the Blues way. are going to... No, that the Blues no, magic's gonna continue no, forever. stop. No, the Blues are winning this game, hands down. We'll see. Let's move on to Monday, and that is President's Day, and there is a great matchup between... Two of the more charmed cities in all of the United States. First, it's Boston and the Bay Area colliding heads once again down in the Bay. It's the Bruins taking on the San Jose Sharks. Derek Harper, who comes out on top in this one? I can't put in Saints, but I know you're, you're going to pick. And But, um, Danny, have you ever gone swimming when there's been shark attacks nearby or in the past? Because I have. Um... So, I mean, it's just this place, this Sharks team, it's a, it's, they call it the tank for a reason. They're a legit threat this season. Boston, don't get me wrong, they're a legit threat. They're a great team. But this is on the other side of the nation. This is in the Shark Tank, a team that has a fire lit under them. This Sharks team is taking this matchup on home ice in, in that tank. No, no. Boston's power play is lethal, and they have been s- something to behold. Let's 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 be sure of this. This San Jose team has around eight penalty minutes a game, and you better be sure that Boston can capitalize with their number two power play. I'm picking the Bruins in this game because of that. Bold take, Danny. I can understand it. The Bruins are going to take that one in. I don't know. The Sharks the shark are on tank. fire this season, Danny. No, no. I'm I'm picking Boston in this one. Now let's move on to Tuesday, the day after President's Day, where all of us will have to go back to work and back to school. But we have some good matchups on Tuesday night. First, it's the red-hot Philadelphia Flyers hosting the Tampa Bay Lightning. Okay, Danny, let's talk about that matchup there. You have the Flyers and the Bolts. It's in Philly, and Carter Hart's been an anchor to this team as of late, but he has had some struggles. And this Flyers team may not be what it's cracked up to you, but only time will tell. But this Tampa Bay Lightning team, holy cow, they are running away with the lead this season. Yeah, they might get a little big-headed this year and maybe drop a few here or there. But I I, I don't even think they'll do that. This Bolts team is something else. I'm going with the Bolts on the road in Philly, Danny. You did just say that the Lightning are prone... To blow some games. I didn't did say they're say prone that? to. I said so, so when some teams, they get a little full of themselves and they go on a hot streak. I'm saying that there's a chance that could happen, but I really don't think it is. They've been playing so well all season, and they've held it together all season long, winning games. 
And yeah, they've had some struggle. They see there on the scoreboard they lost to the, or actually no, they beat the Isles and they lost to Vegas. But these are all de- decent teams. I mean, it's like this Bulls team. They they aren't losing many days. This Bulls team is running away with the league. What's the next closest team? Like twenty points away. I mean, it's incredible. They have they play as a team. They're not selfish. This Bulls team is a threat to be reckoned with. Hang on a second. When they ran into a hot rookie goaltender in Jordan Bennington, they got shut out. And they're running into yet another great goaltender in Carter Hart. I'm picking Philly because not only are they at home, but they're the hotter team because they have their rookie goaltender, Carter Hart, who has just lit up this league. That's why I'm taking the the, the Philadelphia Flyers in this one. Ooh, that's a hot take there, buddy. No, no. I'm just looking at the facts, and they're the better team. Mm. Now let's move on to another matchup, an Eastern Conference matchup, staying within the Eastern side of things. We got Columbus traveling to the Canadiens. I can't speak French. That's Oh, that's disappointing. But still, it's the Columbus Blue Jackets who are traveling to Montreal to take on the Canadiens. Montreal has the harder goaltender, and... In Carey Price and this Columbus team has has had some internal issues with Anthony Duclair of the Columbus Blue Jackets team getting into a fight of words with John with head coach John Tortorella, which seems to potentially be splitting up the locker room. I'm picking the Canadians in this one. I can respect that, and I I I gotta go against you. I know it's the underdog, and I may not have a good shot here, but Danny. Torts, to be honest, I've been I went to a Canucks game when he was the head coach, and I've seen other things. He's yeah, he's done well with this team and all, and he has some hot streaks. But when it comes down to it, does it really matter if that off ice stuff? Yeah, it does translate to some tension on the ice and maybe some players not wanting to pass or help others out. But when it comes down to it, they want to win for this team. They want to do what's best, and they're 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 not a bad team. Columbus is still a decent team. They're a good team. I just, I got to go with them on the road here. No, no, no. You're going against your own logic by saying, by picking Columbus, the road team. Now, moving on, we'll head to Wednesday, February the 20th, and we have great matchups. We'll have two two great Wednesday night hockey matchups. First, it's the New York Islanders heading to Calgary to take on the Flames. That matchup is going to be a fun one as well, Danny. And I know who you're going to go with here, but... I got a pick, and I can't believe I'm saying this because I just, but it's the coach and it's a certain player on the ice here there. I got it to go with the New York Islanders on the road. I know it's in the Sea of Red, and I know Calgary has been a crazy good team this year. But this Islanders team, they've turned around. They have the new head coach who coached the Capitals to their uh, second couple last season. They have, um, what is the name, um, Barry Trotz. And they have on the ice, and again, I'm saying it's the Hawks fan, but they have Barzell. I mean, it just, they have, a, they play the team, they have a great goalie in that, they, I gotta go with the Red Hot New York Islanders. The Red Hot Islanders? Calgary is 17-5-5 five five at home. It's an easy pick for me as, as much as the Islanders have had success. Calgary's at home, I'm picking the Flames. Moving on, later that night, it's the Bruins taking on the Golden Knights, and this Golden Knights team has is 3 and 7 in their last 10 as i just 
said moments ago. And the Bruins have been red hot. They've won their last three. They've earned points in nine of their last ten. I'm taking the Bruins in this game. I can understand and respect that. And uh, you're going to laugh at me because of my home ice and all that. And I'm even hesitant to choose against the Bruins because of how good they are. But there's just something that pulls at me when you go into the fortress. I know I choose them time and time again. But it's just something about that team, the way they play, the way they overcame their early season struggles. The Golden Knights are something special, Danny. What do you yeah, think? Three and seven in their last ten. I just don't see it. Sorry. I, Not I from we'll my lens. There. I can't I can't see that. I'm sorry. Okay then. I mean, well, it's a differ there, and I can totally respect your honest opinion. Those guys are really good, and but there's something about the great goaltending and net for the Golden Knights, and just the star players there, and how they played the team, and over overcame stuff last year, and their run last year. I know it's really history, but this uh, this successful it's been a successful organization, and just great things that are growing there. No, well, one thing's for certain: we really do conflict, Derek. <laughs> yeah. We we just we just can't seem to get the we can't seem to find a, a specific topic where we can really we can really gel. Oh, wait, I think we had a pick we actually did agree on earlier today. One pick, one pick. Pretty much all the picks we've gone either left, I went left and you went right, or I went right and you went left. I was picking them last night to prepare for the show today, and I just there was a couple where I wanted to do it, but I knew what you'd go with, and I kind of thought. I oh, might... you think you know me? I think I know you a little well, Danny. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Bruins, we'll see. the Flames. Um, it did surprise me when they went against the Flames or Bruins today. He went against one of those two, I believe. And that was a surprise for me. But I think I th I'm not as confident this week, but I still think I might do pretty well. Oh, okay. You're getting a little big-headed there? <laughs> Use my own words. Sunday on February the 17th. We have the WHL Game of the Woo! Week. It's Roddy Ross and the <laughs> Seattle Thunderbirds <laughs> taking on the Portland Winterhawks. And to me, it's simple. Roddy Ross, hotter goaltender, hotter team. Seattle's taking this one. <laughs> okay, I know okay, we're both biased Portland. here. I, don't, I, I know, know what you're going to say. I biased here, but it's like, dude, He's biased. He's biased. So are you. He's biased. You're He's a not, Thunderbirds fan. I... I I, I have points to back it up, and, and I do Derek, too. all Derek has is, is saying this is uh -uh. my team, and I'm picking Portland no. because they're my team. I That's have, why I'm, I have picking, scores. I'm picking Seattle with reasoning. He's picking Portland because of his uh, heart. I have scores. I have goalies. And the, especially when you play in the Hawks' house, you don't expect to come in and win in the Hawks' house. We've seen some recent matchups go the Hawks' way, Danny. Eh? 4-1 up in Kent, eh? First of all, you have to look at who's really the hotter team as of late, and it's Seattle. That's why Seattle's the hotter team, and they're going to win this game. Well, that's all the time that we have for this week's episode of Across the Blue Line. So for Derek Harper, I'm Danny Buck saying so long from Ellensburg, Washington, on another episode of Across the Blue Line.